TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. The Vikings game just ended. What you think? Let's hear it. It's Vikings Vent Live. Call us at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Vent, this is Vikings Vent Live. And welcome to another season of Vikings Ventline here. Phil Mackey, Manny Hill. You'll also hear Judd Zolgad and Danny Cunningham on this show throughout the year. We've got A.J. Fredrickson behind the glass taking your calls. And we'll start with Ben in Florida here in just a second. I saw Linda in Wyoming. Some of our favorite callers are already lining up. But the numbers are 651-646-8255. You can tweet us at Score North. That's S-K-O-R North. And you can also... Uh, tweet our personal handles. You're Manny Hill 84 on mm-hmm. Twitter. I am at Phil Mackey on Twitter. And we have a couple phone lines open right now. So if you want to jump in and offer your thoughts, 651-646-8255. We're streaming live not only on the Score North mobile app and scorenorth.com, but also on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. And you can always find this show on demand on Apple or Spotify or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. The Scornorth mobile app is a great place to start, and we appreciate it, and it really helps spread the word about Ventline and about the brand-new Score North when you give us a five-star review. But Manny Hill, yeah, I don't know if you could have scripted a better week one blueprint and outcome for the Minnesota Vikings. If you go and look at a list of all the things Mike Zimmer wanted to accomplish to make last year's team better into 2019... Everything was checked today. Everything. All right. Too focused on the pass. Probably need to run the ball more. Probably need a different offensive line uh, and blocking scheme. So you saw that zone blocking scheme open up hole after hole for Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison. The final tally, 38 carries for the Vikings to just 10 pass attempts for Kirk Cousins. 38 carries for 172 yards. Kirk Cousins, a breezy day at the office, 8 of 10 for 98 yards. And a touchdown. Uh, and they, I mean, the Falcons scored two garbage time touchdowns, but the defense absolutely dominated. I don't think you could have scripted a better week one outcome than we saw today. It was, uh, it's the total blueprint. This is what Mike Zimmer wants. This is how Mike Zimmer wants to win football games. This is, in some ways, kind of how they won a lot of their football games in 2017 when Case Keenum was leading this team at quarterback. Is they took care of the football, they didn't turn it over. They ran the football with effectiveness. They got out to leads early, mm-hmm. and the defense was suffocating the opposing team. This is exactly carbon copy for a lot of games that we saw them play in 2017 when they were en route to a 13-3 and season and an appearance in the NFC Championship game. Now, I'm not ready to say they're going to be 13-3 and yet or go to the <laughs> NFC Championship game yet. It's just one game, but... This is this is the formula. I think if this team is going to have a successful season, this is going to be the formula where you limit the turnovers. They did not turn the ball over at all today. They ran the football with effectiveness. Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison were both fantastic. And the defense was terrific from start to finish, really. And, um, yeah, if the Vikings are going to win games, this is how they're going to do it. This is how Mike Zimmer wants to do it. And so far, one game into the season, so good. I feel like Mike Zimmer probably had dreams. Yes. <laughs> of like, all right, in a perfect world, how should week one go for, for us? Okay, well, uh, something like a 4-1 to one run pass ratio where we run for almost 200 <laughs> yards. Like That would be the first thing. Um, how about Anthony Barr coming off the edge and, uh, and, and sacking Matt Ryan on the first play? Like, and then Everson Griffin... Uh, justifying and validating the contract extension. Just like everything you could possibly have drawn up went well for the Vikings today. 651-646-8255. The Vikings are 1-0. It's Vikings Vetline here on Score North. And let's start with Ben in Florida. Ben, you're the first call this season, so you better make it memorable. Just don't drop an F-bomb, okay, like Jeff in Texas would. <laughs> no, I'm not going to drop a, uh, an F-bomb. But I will say this, though. Um... What I liked about the offense is that they got a little bit from a lot of people. You know, yeah, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball ten times because he only had to throw the ball ten times. Alexander Madison had some flash plays. Dalvin Cook, you know what he's going to be doing week in and week out. 
a uh, little bit of Adam Thielen, a little bit of Stephon Diggs. What I don't think I've talked about enough is they were really good on third down. And Irv Smith is a, is a great blocker. You know, I really love Earl Smith as a blocker. I just want to see him catch a few passes from time to time. The defense, I mean, we know what they're going to do, but, you know, we talk about going to the next level. The defense getting four turnovers, that's next level to me. Those those turnovers change the game, like game-changing, you know, plays that the defense created. So, no, they're not going to be – Kirk Cousins will not every week have to only throw ten passes, but he was effective. It worked. So – Let's see what happens. You know, first week I'm not overreacting to anything, but you can't draw it up any better. That was kind of a steam game, let out the steam from last year. Yeah, they uh, they Ben Ben in Florida. Thank you for calling, and we'll uh, look forward to your calls in in future weeks here too. You know, the one thing you could nitpick with Mike Zimmer defenses, Manny, over mm-hmm. the past few years, and and they've been the number one defense, they've been top five defense, they've been collectively. I don't know if you can name. Over the Mike Zimmer, you know, half decade run here as Vikings head coach, I don't know if you can name a better five year stretch of defense played by any other team in the NFL. But the one nitpick would be they just don't turn the ball over a lot. They don't, or they don't take the ball away a lot from opponents. Right. Yeah. So again, it's it's one game. It's small sample size, but but they the interceptions, th- fumble, three turnovers today by the Falcons. So I mean, that is that that is something that. They do. They have needed to do more of. Even the year, even in 2017, when they were almost number one across the board on defense, that was kind of something that they didn't really do a whole lot of. Is force a lot of turnovers, and they certainly didn't do a lot of that last year. Um, but if they can, I mean, if they can have a turnover forcing season the way the Chicago Bears did last year, where they forced 35, 36, 37 turnovers. This this defense is going to be really, really, really tough to score on, and that is going to be the recipe for how this team is going to to win games and and win this division. I mean, that's that's what you want to see. You want to see them get off the field on third down. They did that today, and uh, they forced three turnovers too. So this this was a really, really good performance by this defense today. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Linda in Wyoming. What's going on, Linda? Well, I certainly enjoyed this first game more so than I have in the past years. So um, I, I really think that bringing in Kubiak and the offensive line coach, you know, is, is going to help take the pressure off of the uh, Stefanski, the, you know, kind of basically your rookie offensive coordinator. Um, I I agree with what Manny just said. They got off the, the uh field on third downs more often. In fact, I think they extended drives more often with their offsides than they did with <laughs> anything else. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, they did this against a decent team. It's not like they're playing Miami. And I, I think their <laughs> first drive, you know, was the, the script where you scripted, where they went down and scored right away. is probably one of the best first drives I've seen this team produce. And I think that kind of set the tempo right there. And you know, I, I think that you, you're trying to hide Cousins' weaknesses, and uh, so far they've done a pretty good job of that. And I think then you're highlighting the strengths of the running backs, and they did a good job of that. And I don't know, maybe when you have time, talk a little bit uh, about what you see in the difference with the defensive scheme this year versus last year, because I... I thought the defense looked a lot better, a lot crisper this year, other than their offside. So and I don't know why you have to. I don't know why you have to get on the phone and beg on Miami like that. Miami, they recovered in the second half. They only gave up 17 points in the second half to the Ravens today. Okay, they're they're trending in the right direction. Yes, well, I guess that's what happens when I don't watch the scoreboard. So, <laughs> <laughs> Linda, thank you for the call, and we'll probably talk to you again next week. All right. All right, thanks, gentlemen. All right, uh, Linda in Wyoming on Ventline here. So, uh, yeah, by the way, the Ravens beat the Dolphins fifty-nine to ten today. It was forty-two to ten at halftime, I believe. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, yeah, let's uh, let's keep going here. So we have we have some open phone lines here six five one six four six eight two five five Vikings Ventline on the all new Score North streaming also right now video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Chancy and Fargo, would you see hey, today? Guys, I'll tell you what. I am not rational. I will jump right ahead of the uh, whole ste- season here. After they had a uh, the punt block and the field and touchdown, 
I'm uh, online checking uh, plane flight tickets and seeing what the cost is to Miami for wow. cargo. So, yeah, no, I, it was fun. It was definitely a nice win to see. And like you guys said, they uh, exactly blow the Gallahorn. But they drew it up right. The one concern I get every time something like this happens is, yes, they didn't need to throw anymore. They certainly won the game handily. I, I get a little nervous that narratives like this, almost feed Mike Zimmer a little too far off the edge where, hey, only 10 passes and we can win that way. I guarantee they don't win another game this year where they only throw 10 passes. Not one. I don't care who they play. It can be that Miami team you guys were talking about. And I just get a little nervous that that can kind of reinforce his conservative nature. I think they should play more conservative than they did last year, but there needs to be a happy medium. I wasn't impressed with Green Bay in the opener. I didn't think they looked tough, but you're not winning at Lambeau with – 10 passes, and I don't care if they're 80% complete. Chancey's uh, phone just literally just like bit his head off there. (laughs) Um, But uh, his point is taken. Yeah, I I, I think he makes a good point. I think you cannot, you can't, you know, when we say this is, this is the blueprint for how the Vikings are going to win games, I don't, I don't think it's implying that this team is going to hope to only have to throw the ball 10 times every single week. I mean, there's going to be times where Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw to to throw a lot to keep this team in it. I mean, they're not going to jump out 14 nothing uh the first 6 7 minutes into the game every week. Um and and I think Gary Kubiak recognizes that too. Like Gary Kubiak's a smart guy. This is a guy that has been has coordinated really good solid strong offenses for a number of years. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. He he knows he knows what's going on here, and he knows that you know there are going to be times where Cousins is going to have to make some plays, um, and it might be as soon as next week when they go to Lambeau Field. So um, I think that ultimately what this team wants to do is try and get ahead so that there is not this immense amount of pressure on Kirk Cousins week in and week out, like we saw last year where they're falling down seven to nothing because John D. Filippo wants to come out and throw the ball. 15 times yeah. in the first quarter and Cousins is turning it over with fumbles and things like that. Next thing you know, they're down 10 nothing, 14 nothing, and then your offense isn't going anywhere because Cousins is not the type of guy that's going to lead you back from from being down like that. I think their blueprint is to just get ahead, let the defense settle in and, you know, that's going to be the the path for them to getting victories. And there's and there were games last year including the game at Lambeau Field in mm-hmm. week 2 and that that wound up being a 29-29 tie but Kirk Cousins was incredible in that game. Kirk Cousins was throwing missiles yeah. all over the field. He threw for 400 plus yards, a bunch of touchdowns. So I don't think I don't think there's any question that sometimes Kirk Cousins will absolutely throw for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns and he will throw the ball 30 or 40 or 45 times in a game. But I don't think that should be your plan going into the season. I mean, the first right. the first few games out of the gate last year, I just pulled this up, all right? Kirk Cousins, this is unbelievable. Kirk Cousins' pass attempts early in the season. Now, obviously, like the Buffalo game, you fell behind early, and so you're going to throw the ball more often, and I, and I get the game flow dictates. You don't go into a game saying, all right, 55 passes, right? <laughs> game flow dictates some of this, but... The first handful of games for the Vikings last year, these are Kirk Cousins' pass attempts. 36, 48, 55, 50, 37, 20, uh, 34, 40, 41. He didn't have a light game in terms of, hey, let's let's maybe let's hand the ball off. Let's let the offensive line do some work here. Defense, you know, get off to a good start until... The ninth game of the season, a home game against Detroit, in which he went 18 of 22. Otherwise, like they were lean, leaning on him for an average of 38, 40 passes a game. And he's good, but he's not one of the eight to... I don't even think he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think he's fine. He's, he's, you know, he's middle of the pack. So if you know, forget about how much money he makes. If you, if you can create a game flow and a blueprint that revolves more around Dalvin Cook and... Not having Kirk Cousins throw 35 passes, that's where you should start. And if you take a 14-0 lead with that approach, mm-hmm. lean on him. There's no yeah. reason for Cousins to throw 25 or 30 passes in a game that they jump up 14 to nothing in the first, you know, 10 minutes or whatever it was today. I think what we've seen too is that this we talked about this at halftime. I think this scheme, this zone blocking scheme that Gary Kubiak has implemented 
is as close to perfect as you could ask for for a guy like Dalvin Cook and even Alexander Madison behind him on the depth chart. Is the, these guys are one cutbacks. All they need is one slight little seam that they can hit the hole right away and 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 shoot the gap and go right away. That's that's what you want for these guys. It's like a perfect. It's like a perfect marriage. It's a perfect fit. And if this team can run the ball with Dalvin Cook, set up the play action, or vice versa, the play action can set up the running game. This is this has a chance to be a really good, efficient offense. Is it going to be Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams, Sean McVay type of offense? Probably not. Is it going to be the greatest show on turf? Probably not. But I think the biggest thing is for this offense to be as efficient as possible. Stay out of the third and 17s. Don't shoot yourself in the foot with holding penalties and and false start penalties and put yourself off of schedule. If you can do that, you can run the football with effectiveness. The play-action pass will work for Kirk Cousins. That's when Kirk Cousins is at his best with the play-action pass. You can do that. You'll be very efficient offensively. Your defense will continue to play well, and that'll be your formula for winning. It's Vikings Ventline from the TCL Studios. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. You're also, throughout the season, going to hear from Judd Zolgad and Danny Cunningham. And also, we are expanding Vikings Ventline which has been now for for six years on Score North for uh, for this year, and then previously fifteen hundred ESPN. We're expanding it for the first time to be a Monday through Friday show as well with social media interaction. Uh, we've got a couple other cool ways we're going to unveil that you can chime in with your thoughts. But tomorrow, ten o'clock a.m. and every Monday during the Viking season, ten to noon, Vikings Vent Line on Mondays, and then Tuesday through Friday, eleven a.m. to noon. And you'll find Judd, Danny, Manny as part of that show. 651-646-8255. Patrick in Lakeville. What's going on, man? Vikings dominate the Falcons today. 1-0. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. First time caller, long time listener. I mean, I think when I look at this, the job of the offense is to move the ball efficiently. When I look at this offense, I think Mark Rippon, I think Trent Dilfer. You have to run the ball. You have to play good, solid defense. You can't throw it around every second and try and move the ball. Your job is to score points and move it efficiently. So I love the way that we look today. I love the way that we took care of the football. I want to hang up and listen. I want to say, Skull Vikings, let's go. Right on. All right, Patrick in, in Lakeville there. And if you want to jump into 651-646-8255, on Dalvin Cook, just to keep the Dalvin Cook thread going here, mm-hmm. I said this to you during halftime vent line on our Twitter account, at Score North. I think the only thing preventing him from being on that Le'Veon Bell, like Le'Veon Bell to me represents the last five years the top tier of running backs. And I don't know if he's going to be that this year after a year off. We'll have to find out. Um, like Zeke Elliott has been in that tier. There's like three or four guys in that tier. The only thing preventing Dalvin Cook from being on that level is availability. Health. If yeah. he plays, he's on that level to me. Fight me. Am I wrong? I think if he's if he's on no. the field 15 or 16 times this year, he's going to look like those guys look in terms of stats, like he's going to have 12 1300 yards rushing. Uh just like even just the eye test. Look at look at how that guy when there's a hole and that zone blocking scheme is working the way that it's supposed to. There's no indecisiveness. You know, there's no mm-hmm. sluggishness. He's gone. He hits the hole. It's 20 yards. It's 80 yards if if the hole's big enough. He I think he's on that level. He behind the line of scrimmage. He just hits the hole and goes. Yeah. I it's mean, do you, do you think he's on that level, or do I need to pump the brakes? Oh, I I definitely think he can get to that level. If he's, I mean, with him, what has been the thing we've always talked about for Dalvin Cook for going on three years now is health. That's that's the only thing, Phil, that's held, that's held him back. Mm-hmm. 2017, he's, I mean, you you remember that first game against the Saints in 2017, that Monday night game, and Dalvin Cook, that day in his NFL debut, took the league by storm. We saw him, and it was like, oh my God, this kid is amazing, and he continued to be amazing in the weeks following, and then the devastating ACL tear against the Lions in week four, and then it's like, okay, Oh my God, this guy's a rising star. Now what? And then, you know, last year was the same thing. It was injuries again that just kept him from being the productive player that that he has the capability of being. If he stays healthy, the sky is the limit for this kid. He showed it today. 21 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, 
this kid has got the goods. It's just a matter of him staying on the field and staying healthy. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons, by the way, I, I, I still think you know, people might change their opinions after the way they look today, but that's a team with, we talk about Thielen and Diggs as two of the best, maybe the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. I mean, you could put Julio Jones and, and Calvin Ridley right up there as well and maybe even make a case that because of Julio Jones that they should be the number one tandem. Mm-hmm. That's an offense that churns. That's a team that probably makes the playoffs or at least is in that mix at 9 and 7, 10 and 6, maybe 11 and 5 even after this week one loss. So, mm-hmm. you know, like Linda said earlier, you're not playing the Dolphins today. This isn't <laughs> like the Ravens awesome. You put up 59 points, that's great. And I think the Ravens are a good team, but you know, th- like this is a real NFC team that you beat and took behind the woodshed today. And I just saw an amazing stat from Hobie Arteague from uh, Fox 9. Mm-hmm. He went back and researched all of the games the Vikings have played so far at U.S. Bank Stadium. Would you believe that an opposing team has never had a 100-yard receiver at U.S. Bank Stadium? The Vikings defense has mm-hmm. never allowed a 100-yard receiver at U.S. Bank Stadium, according to Hobie Arteague from Fox 9. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Impressive. So we're talking, what, 16, 17, 18, that's 24 games. This is 25 games at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah. In going on year four of that stadium now, never one hundred yard receiver. And like, there's been some quarterbacks who've come through yeah. that stadium. You know, like Aaron Rodgers, although he only played part of a game last Aaron year. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees, for, has, Drew Brees has come through this stadium a couple times. Wow, never a one hundred yard receiver. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Chad in Colorado, you're on vent line with Phil Mackey and Manny Hill. Guys, thanks. What an excellent game. Oh, my goodness. It's such a 180 from last year. You know, one of the things I was looking at, you know, is they're playing in the third quarter. What a classic drive in the third quarter. Cousins throws that play action for nine yards. And right after that, QB sneaked to Brett behind Bradbury for two yards. What a first-round pick. Finally, we're fixing <laughs> our, our, our offensive line. I'm still a little bit worried about Reef and, and the Elf line and a couple of those sacks, but you know what? Can't complain. I mean, they did the 100% better than last year. Still some things they got to improve upon, but you know, at the end of last year, I said, you know, Cousins needed to make his reads a lot quicker. I don't know if it was the offensive line or if it was Cousins practicing in the offseason, but he obviously looked a lot better uh, and doing his reads a lot faster than he was last year. So just wanted to say, you know, great job with the Vikings this year. Thank goodness for bringing Kubiak on. It's definitely making a difference. Hopefully they continue. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Thank you, Chad in Colorado. Yeah, this is this was a game where we really didn't get to find out anything about Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, the. When I think about what do I want to learn about Kirk Cousins in 2019 and what do I want him to be better at, none of those things really apply to today's game. I would say primetime games for sure, uh, good opponents on the road for sure. You're going to get some of this here in the upcoming weeks. I mean, Packers and Chiefs. Chiefs. I would say also. If you get into a spot where you're trailing by a couple of touchdowns, is Kirk the type of a guy with this Vikings infrastructure that can bring you back? If you're down by 10 points in the third quarter, is the game over? Can, yeah. can Kirk bring you back? You know, what? what's th- those are the types of things I want to learn. Today it was such a breeze for him when you get up like that and yeah. you just, you know, like, congrats for throwing a touchdown pass to Adam Thielen. That was great, but the game was over. So there was really. Nothing to gauge him. Let's go to uh, the phone lines again here, Manny. 651-646-8255. Bob in Pennsylvania. What's up, Bob? Hello, guys. Welcome to the new year. You know, I have to say one thing to all Vikings fans. Just remember, we won big today. And remember, last year the Bears won with turnovers, and they played downhill all year with a second-year quarterback who was above average, maybe below average. I don't know. I'm not really sure yet. That's exactly what we did today. I know Cousins is better than he actually, you know, looked today. We got a better offensive line. We played decent defense. We played downhill. We got turnovers. And we won the game handily. We always win against Matt Ryan. You know, he's a stationary quarterback. 
Didn't move Mike Griffin on the inside twice, got him. He's not going to get Russell Wilson at Seattle on that, but you know what? Maybe Mike Zimmer can make that change, and I hope he does this year. The only other scheduling problem I have is Kansas City at Kansas City in the cold weather. Other than that, just remember, Vikings fans, we, our schedule is conducive to us winning everywhere. We play Green Bay in the warm weather at Green Bay. We play Chicago in the warm weather at Chicago. We're not a cold weather team. We're an indoor team. And that's all I have to say for now. We're 1-0, and we're in the lead in the division. Yeah, baby! Bob is fired up. Bob, you... Uh... You see in this uh, this eagle situation today, by the way, what's happening with? Let me let me go see what the is that game over? They were uh, getting they were getting trounced by Washington today. Then they came back. Oh, they came back. Okay, never yeah. mind. They came back and won thirty two to twenty seven. So, kind of hoping for some sad Eagles fans out there. Case Keenan, but you know what? That's in the past. I don't care about Case Keenan. I told you guys that last year in the first game. I care about the Vikings winning every game. Getting home field advantage, playing at home in the playoffs, and taking it to Miami and beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. How's that sound? I mean, that sound that that sounds like it could be fun. Uh, now, I think Let's get on that. I think I need to see Week Two before I jump on yes. the Super Bowl bandwagon. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to see Week Two, Bob. If they win, if they win next week. Let's buy tickets together, okay? You and I will get on StubHub or whatever, all right? Yeah, you know what? You name the game, and I will join any one of you guys at a moment's notice because i got a flex schedule, all right? Right on. Bob, we love you, man. We'll talk to you next week, all right? I, uh... All right, that's Bob in Pennsylvania. Love Bob. Enemy territory in Pennsylvania. Uh... <laughs> Case Keenum, 380 yards passing in a losing effort today, by the way. He was really good for, good Case. for Washington. I root yeah. for Case. Big day for Deshaun Jackson in his first game back with the Eagles. Eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Dude, there's some um, stuff around the NFL today. Buffalo was down like 14 rip or six to 13 nothing or something, and they yeah. come back and win 17-16. The Browns um, Nick, Foles, bro- Nick Foles broken clavicle for Jacksonville today. I don't know how long. I think it's on his non-throwing side, but still, like you can't. Yeah, he's going to be out for weeks with a broken clavicle. Now, Aaron Rodgers broke a clavicle at one point. Tony Romo broke his clavicle like eight times. I want to say, <laughs> at least. So it is um, something that guys can come back in a season with. But yikes! I I will say this, and and Phil, you and I are both native Minnesotans. We've lived here our entire lives. We grew up as Vikings fans watching this team. I am anytime the Super Bowl is in Miami. I am pumping all brakes on Super Bowl <laughs> conversations involving the Minnesota Vikings. Today so ni- was 98, great. 98 was Miami. 2009. 2009 was also Miami? Yes. Both of those were Miami? Both of those Super Bowls, those those two NFC Championship game heartbreakers, <laughs> overtime heartbreakers, wow. the Super Bowl was in Miami both of those years. So, so I am pumping the brakes on any Super Bowl conversation that involves the Super Bowl being in Miami for the Vikings. I think 1998, if I remember right, there was a, there was a local radio station that did, they took the Will Smith song, yes. Going to Miami. Yes, I remember and, that very uh, well. And that was like a parody song, a thing all year long, just stuck in everyone's heads. I remember uh, <laughs> riding the bus to school. That was my freshman year of high school. And riding the bus to school every morning, that station would be on the uh, speakers at, at, in the bus. And that song played. Wait, on the speakers of the bus? Yeah, because the, the bus driver, he had the radio on, and he had it on that station. And um, yeah, that song played just about every morning all the way through that season until the day after the NFC Championship game. Well, I think we should throw this question out. And uh, we've got some open spots here if you guys want to chime in. 651-646-8255. You can also tweet us your thoughts at Score North, And we are monitoring the video chats on Twitch on Periscope and on Facebook. Did today what 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 was your opinion or what was your thought on how far the Vikings can go and what their record can be going into week one? And now that you've seen this week one dominating victory over the Falcons, which was just every box Mike Zimmer wanted to check, he checked in week one. And uh, we'd like to know your thoughts now that you've seen something. Now that you've seen three hours of Vikings football and a one on a record, six five one Six four six, eight two five five. I think they start six and two. I'm looking at their schedule right now. 
So they're one and zero, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they start six and two, and I have them at eleven and five on the season. But I'd like to, I'd like to see the first half and then maybe reassess. So Packers are going to be feisty next week. Yep. You're going to Green Bay. It's going to be tightly contested. Uh, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what he's like here over the long run. But Oakland at home in Week Three—that's a guaranteed win. At Chicago in Week Four, I think Mitch Trubisky is the second coming of Christian Ponder, and I think you can yeah. fluster him. But that's just a really hard spot for the Vikings to win, and that's a great defense. And they never play well in Chicago ever. At the Giants, <laughs> home against Philly, at Detroit. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then home against Washington. I think you win all of these home games. So, so you play four home games out of your first eight. So, I think I think you win your all four of those home games, and then I think they split two and two the four road games in the first eight. So, I'll give them like a loss to Chicago, or a, like the, I'll give them maybe a loss to the Giants, even though I think they're a better team than the Giants. The road gets weird, but I think they st- I think the schedule sets up for them to start six and two, Manny. Yeah, I I agree on the record. I would say. If it were me, I would I would probably flip flop the Giants and Eagles results. I'd probably give them a win at New York. The Giants, I I like Pat Shermer, but I don't know how good that team is going to be this year. There's no Odell Beckham. I mean, Eli Manning is just like a corpse of a quarterback right now. <laughs> and I I I'm a big fan of Pat Shermer, but I just don't think that's a very good position. Although they just jumped up seven nothing on the Cowboys right now. Um. That I, I could see the Vikings go on the road and winning that game. The Philadelphia game the next week, though, I think could be tough. Philadelphia is Philadelphia is really good, and they've got Deshaun Jackson back, and he's probably re-energized. I mean, he showed it today. He's re-energized being back in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz can stay healthy for a full season. We'll see about that. Um, they've got some weapons on offense, and they've got some some monsters on defense too. Fletcher Cox is. He is really, really, really good, and that's going to be a challenge for Garrett Bradbury and and Pat Elfline and those guys. So that I do think that six and two looks looks really realistic. I think though for the first half of yeah. the season, this team this team has a chance to be really, really good. And then you know it's so hard to predict the second half of schedules because yeah. there's always teams that pop up. You know, I don't I don't know what Dallas is going to be. I think Dallas. Yeah, I think I I think Dallas is taking a step forward this year. At Dallas on November 10th is a tough one. We look at at Kansas City on November 3rd, and based on their offensive performance today, mm-hmm. you know, you know, nothing really changed. Although Tyreek Hill left the game early, and we don't know what his status is going to be going forward. Yep. But at Seattle, never an easy place to play. But if Seattle is one dimensional in that game, do the Vikings go in as favorites? I, the, the second half on paper looks like there's a lot of tough games at Chargers. But again, Philip Rivers is right up against an age cliff too, and mm-hmm. who knows what happens if and there'll be a lot of Vikings fans there that uh, that Sunday night. Yeah. I think we know there probably won't be a lot of Chargers fans. <laughs> probably <there>. not. No, <laughs> if, if history is any indication. So, um, but we are uh, we're all over the chat boxes here too, just on the live video streams. And I see. Let me just pull this up here. The 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 Twitch box. Um, I see some people in here. Shout out to Daniel Collins. Appreciate you watching uh, the Twitch stream right now. And uh, and somebody says here on the Twitch comments, Manny, I'd like to see fewer penalties on defense. Yeah, especially no offside penalties. I guess if you're looking for things to nitpick today, penalties might be one of them. There yeah. was a couple sloppy, like Kirk Cousins was definitely charged with two fumbles. One of them you could you could say was a bad snap. Um, the, the the penalties the Vikings wound up with eleven eleven for a hundred yards. Even Atlanta had nine. There were twenty penalties yeah. in the game today. You're not going to be, and I would say they had a. The Vikings had a bad challenge too on a pass interference call. Like you can't mm-hmm. just you can't get super happy with charge with with uh, challenging pass interference just because it's you're able to challenge it doesn't mean that you should pull the trigger on that. Right. So like, are you going to win games when you get 11 penalties racked up against you? Probably not. But no, those yeah, are nitpicky that's, things. That's definitely something they got to clean up. And there were a few times, and Linda pointed it out when she called in that you know Everson Griffin is. You know, that's, I mean, Everson's kind of done that his entire career. He's always been kind of prone to jumping the snap and jumping offside a little bit early. I think with that, if they can avoid doing that in crucial situations, if they can avoid doing that on third and three, or if you get a a, a big stop on a third and 12 and, you know, Everson has jumped offside too, too early and giving the team another down, giving the opponent another down, if you can avoid situations like that, 
I think they'll they'll be okay. They'll be able to overcome. I mean, the teams teams are going to commit penalties. It's it's going to happen. No team is going to go an entire game with committing one or two penalties on a regular basis. It happens sometimes, but not all the time. But yeah, that's something that yeah. I mean, eleven penalties. That's and Mike Zimmer will be the first person to tell you like that's way too many. If he if anybody's going to nitpick what happened today, it is actually going to be Mike Zimmer, and it, I think he'll point right to the penalties. Yeah. So let's take our first break here of Vikings Vent Line. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. AJ Fredrickson is taking your calls at six five one six four six eight two five five. We're also video streaming live right now on our Twitter slash Periscope account on Facebook. And on Twitch, and we also have a blossoming YouTube channel that you can find all kinds of Vikings content on just youtube.com slash score north. This is Vikings Ventline on the all new Score North and the Score North. Second down and 10. And this is the third big carry of the game. And this one in the end zone for Dalvin Cook. My, oh my. And there it is indeed. Cousins over the top for the rushing touchdown. And the Minnesota Vikings in the first half have rushed for over 120 yards. Ooh-wee. That was an impressive Vikings victory. In week one over the Falcons, 28-0, and then the Falcons scored a couple garbage time touchdowns, so it winds up looking closer than it really was at 28-12. to But nonetheless, Mike Zimmer is going to pour probably a fat glass of red wine tonight and uh, take a deep breath. Seven or eight months of offseason angst, trying to figure out what went wrong offensively last year with John Filippo bringing in Gary Kubiak. Big time re-signings with Everson Griffin and Anthony Barr, and all of it worked out today. Matt Ryan was running for his life on a regular basis, and uh, if the research from Fox Nine is correct, chalk up another game to zero one hundred yard receivers coming into U.S. Bank Stadium uh, going up against the Vikings defense. It's pretty impressive, Manny Hill. Six five one six four six eight two five five. How did I mean? What was your official record prediction going into week one? I don't think you and I have talked about this. I think I had them at 10 and 6. Okay. And one of the second NFC, one of the first or second NFC wildcard uh, participants. I think I had the, I think I had the Packers winning the division at like 11 and 5 or 10 and 6 with a tiebreaker or something like that. But this was back in, I think, probably like July or. June, maybe when I made that prediction, because me and Danny and Judd did a sit down. Um, we went through the Viking schedule and we kind of played out each game. We each so, played out each game, and I think I had him at like ten and six. So or what something. is it now? What, what after watching week one? What do you? Well, I mean, if, if overreact this is, for me, if if you know what you know what Phil, if if they're going to be able to run the ball like this on a semi regular basis, I mean, you know, they're not going to run for hundred and seventy two yards every single week. That's just a lot to ask for any team in the NFL. But if they're going to run the ball like this more often than not, this team can win 11 or 12 games. There he is. And this was a this is a good Atlanta offense that this defense shut down today. I mean, this is this is an offense that yeah. was just in the Super Bowl three years ago and still has a lot of the same. A lot of the same cast of characters on this offense that they had then. You had Matt Ryan, who was the MVP of the league that year. Julio Jones is still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Devontae Freeman, one of the better running backs of the NFL, one of the better, more dynamic running backs in the NFL. They held him to eight carries for 19 yards today. I mean, they've, they've, you know, Austin Hooper's a good, good tight end. You know, the Falcons are really, really talented on offense, and the Vikings held them to 12 points today, and the 12 points were scored in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I think that's that's another thing, things I'm curious about going forward this season. You can't just stick to your same defensive guns in a league that's just ever-changing, right? Mm-hmm. At, at one point, the 4-6 defense was a dominant defense uh, for multiple teams in the 1980s and early 1990s, and then... It became an an extinct defense that was just uh, uh, you know behind its time, right? Yep. 
And so Mike Zimmer has been this brilliant defensive mind for 15, 20 years as a, as a head coach and coordinator for about 15 of those years. And I think you've seen some signs, maybe some personnel, maybe some system the last couple of years where they've still been a top 10 defense, but okay, there's little things that are getting exposed here and there. Mm-hmm. How much of it is personnel versus scheme? And I want to know, can Mike Zimmer evolve? Can Mike Zimmer look at his chess pieces yeah. and his system and make the necessary tweaks? Because, you know, offensive coaches and quarterbacks have been watching film on the Vikings and on Mike Zimmer for a long time. And so you have to stay a step ahead. And the biggest thing I wanted to see when they brought back Anthony Barr was, okay, you can bring back Anthony Barr, but it, there's got to be, to justify paying him $14 million a year, whatever it is, I need him to be terrorizing quarterbacks more often than he has. Yeah. And for the first defensive play out of the gate to be an Anthony Barr sack of Matt Ryan, you know, I, obviously that's not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen every week this season. They have to go out and play 15 more games, but that made me happy. Like I watched that and said, okay, yep. It, it At least in week one, you've sort of justified bringing back Anthony Barr at such a high price tag as opposed to allocating that money to other places. Yeah, the NFL, this league is about evolving and making adjustments as you go along. And there are coaches in the NFL right now that are older, that are in their late 50s and into their 60s that have done a really nice job of evolving. I think of Andy Reid and what he's done with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not running the same offensive system that he ran in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. There are some aspects of it, I'm sure. You've got a mobile athletic quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is so much more dynamic than what even Donovan McNabb was, you know, 15 years ago. And Andy Reid recognizes that and says, oh no, we can do some of this with Patrick Mahomes that I couldn't even do with Donovan McNabb 15 years ago in Philadelphia. Let's add some of this. Let's do a little bit more of this. This is where the league is going. This is where offenses are going. And Mike Zimmer is appearing to, to do the same thing on the defensive side too. He's not doing the exact carbon copy with this defense that he was doing as the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati seven, eight years ago. He's evolved and changed too. And I think you can even go back to, the Rams game from last year where his defense got torched. I think Mike Zimmer looked at that and said, okay, there are things that I have to do differently with this defense to keep this defense. One of the best, one of the best units in the NFL. And at this stage of my life and my career, if I want to continue to be a head coach, I'm going to have to catch up with the times Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have to adjust. And he's been able to do that. It's, it's really impressive. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. This is Vikings Vent Line. The number is 651-646-8255. And by the way, you're listening to Score North on AM 1500 KSTP, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Randy in Cottage Grove. Ah, yes. Randy, what's happening, man? Vikings are 1-0. Impressive victory. I I, I came from the lowest of the lowest when we cut uh, Kyle, Kyle Slaughter. Mm. And now I am back on the mountaintop, and it feels good. It's a nice way to start. It's a good uh, good feeling, and the place we were watching was very supportive. They, um, I, they're not in, they're not doing an endorsement with me, so I won't give them a free plug. But let's just say they do what's called a a school shot every time we score, and. And they did it. And it was a good day, a very full crowd, very loud crowd. And I can only imagine that the U.S. uh, um, Uh, Listen, don't break anything. Don't throw anything. Just vent. Right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who was that, Jeff? Yeah, that was Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the kind of guy, you guys are the kind of guys who know that this season is headed in one direction. And that's the good positive direction with a lot of fans just like my buddy dave today was really going for it he was screaming and he was yelling and i I gotta say two observations number one on defense i like the way we're popping people today oh yeah Yeah. hitting it and letting letting it stick and not finishing until the tackle is complete that made me snug and on offense I was loving the crispness of the of the passes from Ponder, and he was slinging it all over, and it was crisp, and that made me yeah. hug. So I say, 
school, and I say, I'm going to continue with the party, and one and all, and you'll be hearing on from me later. Hmm. I was going to ask him if it, if that popping made him feel snug. Yeah. That's uh, Randy and Cottage Grove there. <laughs> did he say something about Christian Ponder's performance, too? I think he did, yeah. Did that right? Yeah. Okay. And hmm. Christian Ponder was playing on Thursday night. I'm still trying to figure out what uniform. makes me snug means. I think I, I think I know. I not a hundred percent on that. Yeah, it's a, hmm. it's a definition we're going to have to find out at some point, or not. Actually, might just, be just roll with it. Might be something that we just don't want to know. Probably, probably for the best if we if we don't. <laughs> might not be safe for work if we don't know that. So, uh, looking around the league here, by the way, the the, the Cleveland Browns. You had, you had to know this was going to happen, right? That escalated like, quickly in the fourth quarter out there. Like, they got so haughty and excited after the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Like, look at us. Like, you guys have literally done nothing for 30 years. Yeah. Nothing for 30 years. Go beat Tennessee in week one and just build something, okay? They got waxed at home by the Tennessee Titans today, 43-13. to 13. 43 to 13. And this was you your big what, unveil today. You know what, though? The Tennessee Titans might be sneak one of those teams that's sneaky good. Now, that's, I think it's going to depend on the health of Marcus Mariota, and he's going to have to improve, get better, and stay healthy. Um, but Mike Vrabel might have something cooking down there, at least on the defensive side of the ball. They, Baker Mayfield looked like he threw, I think, three interceptions in the fourth quarter alone. Oof. And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, that was that was bad. That escalated pretty quickly there in the fourth quarter. Yikes! Because the the Browns were right there. They were in that game, and then it just completely everything completely yeah. unraveled in the fourth. Vikings vent line here. Phil Mackey, Manny Hill, six five one six four six eight two five five, and uh, Mike in Minneapolis. You're on the show. What's up, Mike? Thank you for taking my calls, guys. It's great to have you back on the air for vent line. We love uh, being back. Win. We love being back, and that was a yeah. great win for the Vikings today. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I know why they did it, because it was total garbage time, but I can't imagine the NFL could be too thrilled where they show the package of Michael Vicks. Like, the highlight of his career is that overtime run. And then they ask him about it, and he says, I, I don't remember it. That is not a yeah. <laughs> solid endorsement of CTE in the NFL, especially for a guy that's on TV that had a, let's just say, a, a checkered career in the NFL. But... That was actually kind of like scary. I don't think I want these guys admitting that they can't remember the most prolific plays of their career less than 15 years after they've happened. So, yeah, so that, that whole thing, Mike, that whole thing. So, I, I've heard Michael Vick. He's, I think he's a full time analyst and contributor now for Fox. He's like yeah. on their pre pregame show. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've seen him on some Fox shows and stuff. So, they're definitely like, they're, they're in on Michael Vick and he's a full time contributor for them. But, he was so they brought him in. He doesn't remember the play that they like. They clearly prepped him like, "Hey, we're gonna do a cut in during the game, and we're gonna ask you about this play, Falcons and Vikings." He didn't remember the play, or he said, yeah, "I don't really remember much about the play." And his energy was just oddly low. Yeah. Like, "Hey, this is week one, baby. We're gonna go to Mike Vick live in studio," well, and he was just super monotone. And I don't know. I'm, I don't know if if TV work is gonna be Michael Vick's uh, future. It, it is. It that play to beat the Vikings in overtime in two thousand two is the most replayed highlight of Michael Vick's career in the NFL. Like, no, and he had a lot of highlights, but none of them have been replayed more than that touchdown, overtime touchdown run at the Metrodome in 2002. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't remember it, like, he didn't remember, like, what happened exactly on that play is... I'm with the yeah. call. It's really alarming, man. Yeah. It's really alarming. Mike, thanks for calling in, man. We uh, we appreciate it. I, I I couldn't tell. Is it that are they are they trying to tee stuff up for if a game gets out of hand? And all right, well let's let's put some other content in here and bring Michael Vick in because it was like like they had Michael Vick on for like four minutes or something. Yeah, what, and it was, it was really, like a segment. It was it was a really awkward conversation because I don't know if he, I don't know if there may have been like an audio issue there too. Cause it sounded like he couldn't really hear them at times when, when they were trying to talk to him <laughs> yeah. and they were sort of talking over each other at times. And I don't know, it was a really, really weird sort of four or five minutes or so they had him on. Yeah. So, all right. One final segment of Vikings vent line here. And this was just, 
You can't draw up a more breezy victory for Minnesota here in week one. If you want to chime in and you want to give us your prediction as to how far the Vikings can go or your observations on the things you saw today, this is your last chance on today's episode of Vikings Ventline, 651-646-8255. It's Mackie. It's Manny. We're hanging out here in the TCL studios on Score. Minnesota covers it up. It looked like Eric Wilson, the linebacker out of Cincinnati, came charging in to get it. That's right. Forgot about the block punt, too. Yeah. Like the perfect blueprint for the Vikings. You dominate the Falcons defensively. You uh, you shut them down on their first drive. Anthony Barr with a sack. You block a punt. You score a touchdown. And it's smooth sailing there. And... Uh, Quick injury update. Go ahead. You uh, you just perused through Tom Pelissero's Twitter account, Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey, by the way. Mackenzie Alexander went down with an injury and was grimacing, and now we know why. Yeah, uh, this is actually from Tommy uh, a couple hours ago, actually. It was when Mackenzie Alexander left the game, and uh, Pelissero says, Vikings cornerback Mackenzie Alexander suffered a dislocated elbow, source said. Explains why he was in so much pain after the collision. Obviously done for the day. Uh, but hopefully not a long term thing for the rising nickel. Yeah, that's Ugh. that that's a that's a tough one because McKenzie Alexander is a big part of what um, what this team does as a nickel corner. And if you're not going to have him, then that means other guys who may not have as much experience they are going to have to step in and make some things happen. And um, so I don't I don't. I mean, dislocated elbows don't happen a lot, so I couldn't even imagine like how long he would be dealing with that or how long he would be out. But um, dude, if, if you're I ranking, wonder if he would play even next week. I don't think he would play next week. I mean, if you're gonna rank the like, so I stopped playing football in eighth grade mm-hmm. mostly because I just didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like like having to run around the field and like condition. Like I was a baseball guy. I don't want to do conditioning. Like I just want to, I just want to go to practice and like have fun and like stand out in the sun. Like that's why I played baseball. If you're ranking the reasons why I didn't continue on past eighth grade with football, injuries would have been like the second reason. And then if you're ranking the injuries that I just don't want anything to do with, dislocated elbow is in the top three. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, a dislocated elbow. Ugh. Yeah, that just doesn't sound. Oh. Oh, I've never, I've never dislocated anything, and I hope I never do. Ugh. Well, let's go back to the phone lines here. This is the last segment of Week One Vikings Vent Line. Manny Hill, I'm Phil Mackey. Six five one six four six eight two five five, and also starting tomorrow, weekday Vent Line, ten o'clock on Mondays and eleven o'clock a.m. On Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, Judd Zolgad, Danny Cunningham will be part of that. And uh, you can always find the post-game edition of Vikings Line right after the final whistle. All of these on the same podcast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, we'd love a five-star review. If you could be so kind, it helps spread the word about this show and about the all-new Score North. And we're not just a Minnesota-based show. We're not just even a United States-based show. We've got guys like Francesco in Italy calling in to talk Vikings football. What's going on, Francesco? Hey, guys. What's going on? You Vikings fan out there in Italy? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I went to high school in Minnesota, and I've remained a loyal uh, Vikings fan my, for my entire life. I'm nice. uh, 49. Right nice. on, man. Well, what, awesome. did, what did you see today in a dominant victory for the Purple? I was actually really satisfied to see that the team uh, looks uh, looked really sharp in the game. I I really thought that it would have, it would have been uh, they would have fought a little more the Falcons and instead it was really smooth. I think uh, I don't think we really understood much about our offense because the game was like sliding down in our direction immediately. So it wasn't it wasn't a big indictment of how the Vikings offense uh, is going to do this year. The running game was good, but the passing game, of course, it was uh, you know. It was really nondescript. I think what what did he have like ten uh, ten passes or something like that. Yep. But uh, honestly, it was a it was an all around uh, good game. And one thing that really uh, you uh, you've talked about it a little bit. Special teams, guys. I was so worried. We've changed so many kickers and punters these past like uh, year and a half. So to have a game like this, where we actually were on the positive side with the blocked punt and everything. It was really, really, really reassuring. Yeah, actually, can we can we just highlight the fact that the Vikings didn't miss a kick today? The Vikings didn't miss a kick today. I mean, that is just 
That's amazing. Kerry Vedrick, really. by the way, had a rough day with the uh, New York Jets today. So he Just missed at least an extra point in a field goal? I think so, yeah. I don't know if he did any punting for them, but yeah. And they lost by one, right? Yep, to Buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Francesco, we appreciate you streaming us all the way over from Italy, and don't be a stranger on the show, all right? Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. All right, man. Great call. Let's take one more here from Tim in Washington. What's up, Tim? Hey, guys. It's been a while. Is this Tattoo Tim from Washington? It is, and I got my tattooed son sitting next to me. (laughs) Right on. The tattooed tandem from Washington. I have an update. It's no longer Tim from Washington. It's Tim from Minnesota. I moved to Prior Lake a few months ago. Awesome, man. Attaboy. I I tried real hard to get a job there at Hubbard, but it didn't work out. But but luckily, uh, Target headquarters hired me, and I'm I'm doing well. Well, welcome to town. Now you can be closer to your vice, the Minnesota Vikings. That's right. And today was the first day... My son and I have been going to Vikings games for years in Seattle and traveling over here all the time to go to games, and we've never been to a game where the Vikings have won until today. And we had an amazing weekend. We went to the kickoff rally yesterday and saw Brett Michaels from Poison. Wow. And my kid won a, a VIP pass. We got to meet Brett Michaels, and then your rival radio station – Gave us both free booze passes, and my kid isn't even 21. Wow. Well, I would report them. <laughs> I would report them and shut them down immediately then. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing, yeah. <laughs> and then we got to meet Mike Zimmer this morning, and after five years of trying to get him to sign our helmet, we finally met the man, and he signed it, and, and you could tell that he was just going through the motions and like, oh, so, I really have to do this, but well, he did it. He's a good guy. On a game day? On a game day, yeah, right? Yeah, I think I, I also want to know since you saw Mike Zimmer in person today, is his face really that red in person? Like, I mean, I've seen him in no. person, but today his face looked like the color of the Red Zone logo that's on our TV right now. <laughs> no, he looked like a regular, normal human being when we saw him this morning. I, I, I think that red just comes from a mix of the sun and just being really pissed off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just, Man, well, I hate to see what his face is going to look like when they're down by, like, 10 points on the road in a game. Like, today was was pretty easy breezy. But, Tim, we appreciate you calling, and welcome to Minnesota, man. We'll talk again here. Call us next week. Will do. All right. Thanks, guys. That's Tim now in Prior Lake. Used to be Tim in Washington. Uh, Cody B. tweets at us. uh, We were talking about Mackenzie Alexander with a dislocated elbow. Uh, Cody B. on Twitter tweets at us, probably four to six weeks recovery time uh, for a typical yeah. elbow dislocation. Yeah, like if, if I dislocated my elbow, I wouldn't be able to do radio for four to six weeks. Like I would just be <laughs> I'd just be in a bed crying for four to six weeks. Yeah, Cody also follows up with, uh, Hughes better hurry up and get up to speed. Yeah, I mean if, if Mackenzie Alexander is going to be out four to six weeks, they're going to need to get Mike Hughes back as soon as they possibly can and he's coming off the ACL, so that's going to yeah. be a uh, that's going to be a bit of a process there, too. Final observations after this super easy and somewhat like shockingly easy win for the Vikings over the Falcons in week one before we say goodbye? Uh, I'm happy because uh, two of my three Vikings uh, predictions on Write That Down on Mackie and Judd with Rami on Friday came into fruition wow, today. Look at you. Adam Thielen scored the first touchdown of the season. Check mark for me. And uh, Grady Jarrett had a sack today. Wow. So I'm look happy. at you! You're climbing I'm up happy. almost back to 200 batting average. The, 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 that the only thing I missed was Kirk Cousins throwing for 250 yards. He only threw for 98 today. But yeah, I'll yeah, take he, two out of three. He he wound up with a very nice yards per attempt though, 98 yards on just on just 10 throws. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling old Kirk Cousins on the road against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers next week probably going to have to throw more than 10 passes for the Vikings yeah. to pull off a win. Yeah, probably. Just gonna see, but if if this is if this is the direction the Vikings are going in, which is, hey, multiple high-caliber quality running backs led by what I think is probably one of the four or five best running backs in the NFL and Dalvin Cook, lean on that, lean on the offensive line and Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski's uh, run-blocking scheme, defense. And if Kirk Cousins is like third on the list of things you're going to lean on to win a game, someone called in earlier and said, I can't remember who it was, but said that that he thinks of the Vikings setup as if Trent Dilfer is the quarterback or a Mark Rippon from the early 90s Redskins. I think you have to go about blueprinting game plans that way. But Kirk Mm -hmm. Cousins is a lot better than Trent Dilfer was 20 years ago for the Ravens. 
and I think he's better than Mark Rippon was 30 years ago for Washington. I just, as long as you're not putting him in a spot where he has to be Aaron Rodgers or he has to be Tom Brady, um, if if you can put him in a spot where he's being asked to more manage the game, but he's better than that, that's a win win for both parties, the Vikings and for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I I agree. I I think I tend to think uh, that Kirk Cousins is a little better than what Trent Differ was for the Ravens. Yes. For the Ravens in two thousand. Although I do, I think Mark Rippon for that one year when the when the Redskins won that Super Bowl was here at the Metrodome. Actually, I think that's a pretty fair comparison with how you would want I think Kirk Cousins to be ideally for this team this year if you can run the ball play good defense and you know Rippon didn't didn't turn the ball over very often now the Vikings going to go 14 and 2 like that Washington team did I don't know about that but I think the the formula that that team had I think is could be very similar to what this Vikings team has. Right That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. Thanks to AJ Fredrickson. This was AJ's first time producing Vikings Ventline, and uh, he'll be along for most of the Ventlines throughout the season. If you like the show, if you want to listen on demand, and if you want to listen to the f- starting tomorrow five day a week during the weekdays version of Viking Ventline, go find it anywhere you find podcasts: Apple, Spotify, the Score North mobile app, which is free to download. Uh, and please give us a five-star review if you could, and uh, and it helps spread the word. And go tell five friends about Vikings Ventline, too. But if you give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, it helps spread the word and helps move that show up the ranking. So we're coming back next week at Green Bay. Vikings 1-0, 28-12, full coverage on scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R north.com. Ventline tomorrow from 10 to noon. The Score North Twin Show at noon. Purple Daily with Sage Rosenfels joining Matthew Collar at 2 o'clock tomorrow, then Mackie and Judd with Rami. This has been Vikings.